A weird question. You're straight, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> great. You're our first straight white dude on the Let's do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even realize. Uh, we should have had you on for the Taint episode. Yeah. Uh, so if you uh, didn't just catch that, uh, this is the Flawless Podcast Bussin' or Discussin'. This is Kenneth. This is Miguel. And why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, this is John Edward Birch. John B. Hey, 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 hey. Big Jura, a.k.a. Vino Martinez, a.k.a. LeJohn James. <laughs> also my grandma's favorite grandson. You know, there's tons of ways you can... Uh, wow. How many... How many gr- out of how many grandkids? I was, I was the only grandson. You know, oh, so oh, you had to yeah, be the favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe Biggest, not, though. Maybe if there yeah. were three others, you'd still be the favorite. Biggest meatball. That's what we say, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Today, we're talking about volatile acidity. Mm. Um, and I think, we, I mean, this is, I think this is like one of those things that like started the big uh, debate against like uh, the natty camp versus like the traditionalist camp. Yeah. I'll um, say this and Brett. Right. Yeah, I think that these are two. I mean, to to start with one that like was so divisive, and to end with one that I think is just as divisive. I think like really encapsulates where the state of like modern wine is right now. Um, and I think especially talking about um, volatile acidity in a way that's like hopefully meaningful um, is is going to introduce a lot more conversation. I mean, we're, we're diving right into like you know obviously like something like champagne so kenneth why don't we like why don't you sum us on this yeah this is the vuetta sorbet fidel um it is from uh bouzillas which is in uh the aube region of champagne um bertrand started making wine uh oh four i want to say was his first vintage um and he this is all pinot noir by the way um and he's pretty natural in his approach you know like kind of ambient yeast uh, he always does vintage wines, but he only does it for like 20 months on lease. So they're never vintage dated. Um, except a couple times they have been. <laughs> <laughs> There's always exceptions yeah, to the rule. Always except. God, I love an exception. <laughs> <laughs> I like to live in that space. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, I guess it's like as natural as champagne could be, I guess, yes, right? Like when yes. I think that's one of the tent poles for both of us, I think, in terms of relating to this wine. <clears throat> Which happens a lot in this region. You know, you have your Marie Cotons. Uh, Bouchard's fairly natural yeah. as well. Your for... Maison LaRue's. Yeah, yeah. Oh, LaRue. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, but this is, but goes back to the thing that we were talking about earlier, right? Like we have such fluency over like things like this where VA almost, almost never enters a conversation. Like we, we immediately go to like that, like, well, what do, what do we look for when we're looking for champagne? We're looking for that like plush characteristic. We're looking for something that's like really like opulent or like maybe yeah. even like a perlage that's like really, really fine. Yeah. Um, we get to VA maybe like way, way later in the conversation yeah. because I think it's just such a given that like acidity is going to be like, you're going to brush your teeth with, this, with these kinds of wines, you know? Yeah. And, you know, something for me that I always look for in champagne has always been like that brioche quality. Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's something when I have friends that aren't really into wine, you know, and their idea of champagne is like vouv or like, you know. The uh, sweet stuff. Yeah. And and I'm like, (laughs) listen, man, everybody should experience brioche once in their life. Like that's (laughs) what you need to pop like a good Krug and enjoy something and, you know, 
with champagne, especially like on, you know, the natural side of things, it's, it's, it kind of stinks when somebody can, your neighbor can kind of dictate or the, the, or, or I mean, the, the champagne cops, right? Yeah. can kind of <laughs> dictate what you, uh, what you can really do. You know, it's funny because VA is like one of those feet. I'm trying to think is what other flaw is regulated by, uh, the tax bureau. Mm, yeah, like there's like uh, a, fer- I mean, outside of fermentation, really, like yeah, right? like right? Uh, or re-fermentation rather. Right. We're here, right? Like in champagne, we can define how much goes back into the final product, but right like, outside of actual alcohol production, there's not a lot. Yeah, I think sparkling is gets a lot of leeway, but with the still whites and the reds, I think it's one point one grams per liter and one point two grams per liter of yeah. volatile acidity that is like allowed, allowed to be allowed. sold in yeah. this country, and each country has their own like like laws and whatever but it's so funny because i think it's like like one of the more subjective ones well let's so let's get to like the scientific like um notion of like va right so volatile acidity is like the gaseous acids that are detectable in wine right um and then there's two big culprits in terms of va right there's um acetic acid and then ethyl acetate right um so both of those compounded by uh Acetic, uh, sorry, acetobacter, so a bacteria that's like reliant on oxygen feeding on it um, to basically like reproduce right. um, and basically turning like the thing that we like into on its way to being vinegar. Yeah. Right, right. Um, and uh, in in small doses, like I think that that's that's the hallmark that we've been taught in terms of detecting this flaw, right? It's like we're looking for something that smells like vinegar, and then in the case of ethyl acetate, it smells like nail polish or nail polish remover, right? Um, so acetone, things like that, that are on that like sweet. We get back to this like kind of like almost industrial nature, right? Of the thing, even though this and at this case, this thing is completely natural, yeah. Right? Like yeah, some, yeah. We, we allow acetobacter to thrive. Without it, we wouldn't have a lot of things in terms of fermented cuisine. Um, but in terms of wine, it's like it's one of the things that we don't, we absolutely don't like, right? Um, but it's like one of the things that's present from the very beginning. It's on the mm-hmm. grapes, like it's 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 a matter of. Uh, facilitating an environment to help it grow or to prevent it from growing right. or like just letting it do its thing. Um, and it's a quote unquote flaw that I believe is a bit more measurable yeah. than anything. I, yeah. I mean, absolutely. There's like, metrics to it. Um, and as we were saying, subjective, right? Like, yeah. but I think vinegar is 30 to 90 grams mm-hmm. per liter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where 1.1 for wine is a, a stark contrast and a right. huge difference. So you have to be like, it's in a sense, cleanliness and oxygen kind, kind of trying to uh, limit that. So, you know, breath play, if you will, you gotta yeah. be safe with it. Make sure you're not letting too much oxygen in there. We love a here. kink. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you missed our ASMR episode. <laughs> I've been listening, so I was like, too. let me sprinkle this in there. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll, 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 pick, we'll, we'll pick up what you throw down. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, 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 it is one of those questions where, um, uh, especially VA, like, you know, uh, uh, I think to attack um, something like volatile acidity with regards to champagne, um, there's not a lot in terms of like, I, I guess even just a productive discussion about it because it seems like it's just a given, right? Like that, that the acidity is going to be so high. Um, how do you guys feel about this wine particularly? Like 
the in terms of that that like nose there's like that really gorgeous um i don't know it feels like it already feels like you're gonna like strip your enamel just by smelling it yeah i like these wines are pretty i'm not used to drinking these wines with even just the amount of age that it has from release here because they're so allocated and they just fly because you know now the vuet has that cachet um but i think this is showing a little bit more delicate like that's the part of VA that I think is my favorite part, the lift. These are dense wines, right? They're from the Aube. This is all Pinot Noir. It's like basically burgundy light. <laughs> I, think, I think we're all on the same side of subjectivity here where we all agree that this is the right kind or like this is like the like the uh, unacceptable dose of yeah. VA where we're like, ah, that it gives a dimension. It colors the wine a little bit differently. Right. It gives a personality. Yeah. Without it, it would be... Not it would just great. be a big boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It would be rich, but it would be light. And it would have an acid structure. It just wouldn't have character. <laughs> yeah, character. I, I would say like exactly. Character. It's like, like that touch of lift bringing the florals through of that like dense red fruit. You yeah, know? that's why uh, it's a bit more of like a quote unquote flaw because in in a yeah. sense this this kind of benefits this wine. You know, mm -hmm. in a way, and there is like an opulence to it that's really nice, but it's also like backed up by that touch of like mineral driven acidity in the backbone and kind of like i i also think something about va that's you know kind of important to discuss is you get it on the nose you can also kind of get it on the palate sometimes but what you pair it with right if you're doing it with food mm -hmm. like i always think of wine as kind of like a side of sauce kind of deal yeah you know don't dunk your food in it but it always should uplift your meal like if you got a wine and it's you know kicking a lot of VA, you know, certain cheeses, certain pastas, certain dishes, really kind of help. Chili oil. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. Kind, yeah, of, yeah, kind of steer and kind of mask or incorporate the VA in a proper way. Right. No, I completely agree with that. Um, and uh, I think, though, sometimes VA is just like making something that would be a food wine like something that is a crushable wine. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's, I think that's also like one of the, one of the few distinctions that i think we we all know well we all work in like in some sort of like restaurant capacity clearly but like the the idea of a food wine i think is hard for a, a bunch of people to yeah. kind of like just integrate in their in their daily vocabulary just as a concept right i think like wine so far has just been like this big swath of like here's something that you drink along with your food yeah um I think, like in in the broadest sense, we should be considering wine as food in in yeah. in in a in a specific sense. But in in this like hyper driven sense of like, well, let's talk about like what's a food wine versus like what's a meditation wine. As a, one of the things that like I like talking about with guests, like right. what's wine that you think about versus wine that you like can crush versus wine that like needs food. Right. And like, is that inherently a flaw if it needs something else? to begin with i don't think so um because i think those those can offer points of meditation at, 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 within themselves but I, I it it's 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 a funny line to draw because again like you said it's it's absolutely subjective um but especially with cuisine and especially with uh kind of things that like we're super familiar with like food does something to the experience that like can change the wine a hundred percent right like in the same way that like cheese does something to beer or like uh I mean, really anything with umami does anything to sake. Right. Like there's, there's so many other analogs that we can kind of put, put out here. And it's just, it, that's so dependent on the experience of like what you're putting out with it. Right. Um, and I think for something as, as quote unquote safe as champagne, 
for sommeliers to kind of like dole to you. Like this is, I would have to consider myself a little bit more like, well, what am I going to do with this? Yeah. Right. You know, a little bit more kind of like, all right, like let's consider, let's consider everything. Right. Plus the VA plus whatever it is that we're going to have. This like, means like a burger champagne. Yeah. It needs, yeah. Fry, you want yeah, something big yeah, and something salty. Big. Yeah, 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 for sure. Cause it's giving off a lot of fruit, but it, you know, it's, it's got that acid structure that I think could, could stand up to. And I mean, I mean, we, we, we talk about acid in terms of like that, like detectability, right? Like on, honestly, it's not like yeah. sour flavor, but it, there's also something to be said about like the salty character. Like that's really giving it that like intense boost. Right. Um, yeah. Most definitely. Because it, it, it really presents itself in the mid palate where you're just like yeah. coats it. It tastes like you just had an oyster, exactly. no? Come on, Kim Origin soil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Dead Sea animals. Yeah. <laughs> I, could, I could also vibe with this for like a cheesecake or something like that. Ooh, so yeah. Dip, you know, like depending, you know, maybe right at the end of your meal. Last little cheesecake, little champagne. Ad break. Ad break. Yeah, ad break. Wow. This is the ad read. This is Flawless the podcast this is, is brought to you by this is the Shitty Wine this Memes. Is the this is uh, the please check out City, Shitty Wine Memes on Instagram, at Shitty Wine Memes. So much great content, great pins, great other merch. And it's funny and cool. Don't you want to be funny and cool? Well, this go to Shitty Wine Memes, read. and you'll this be funny and cool. This is the ad read. Shitty Wine Memes. Okay, so so what got you into wine? Uh, So I sold a lot of weed. And like I uh, got into the wine game um, almost kind of by... Just it, it had to happen. I was bartending for a long time. Uh, I worked at this really fun restaurant called Pac Pac, and uh, R.I.P. Uh, yeah, yeah R.I.P. Those great wings like that put me on to like what cuisine could be because mm. I was a kid from Brooklyn. I just needed a job. I started like bussing tables there, um, and I had no idea what a lot of these flavor profiles were. Like one of my favorite dishes to this day is like a somtom, like a papaya mm -hmm. salad, but like. So hard to find, especially a good one. Um, and I kind of worked my way balloons. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I started bartending uh, and I got hired to open this restaurant. And the restaurant was taking a long time to open. So I was doing me. I'm like, you know, I'm a solo weed here and there. Uh, and the GM pulls me aside and he's like, hey. Uh, and I'm like, all right, I'm getting fired before I even open. <laughs> Stressful. Yeah. And he goes, uh, listen, we got denied our liquor license. So I'm like, oh, fuck. Well, what can we do? And he's like, uh, I know you've been selling weed. And I'm like, damn. What? How do you know that? <laughs> what? No. He goes, he, I wasn't even stuff. trying. Yeah. To, <laughs> I wasn't even trying to hide it. I was like. Word, like, <laughs> and I was like 21, 22 at the time. And he's like, listen, if you can sell weed, you can sell wine. And he just broke it down. Kind of like yeah. reds can be more like your, your indica styles, whites, kind of sativas. And he was like, start on just like you have varieties, those strains you like, it's just going to be like different grapes. And that right there just like 
Wow. Were like, you, I mean, I almost, I wish I had bought weed from you. Yeah. Honestly, it sounds like it would have been quite the experience. But do you see how, like, the scope of wine education could be, like, so be furthered along by something like this? Yeah. Like, yeah. do you get this in, like, sommelier training? Absolutely the fuck not. Yeah. yeah. Like, we're so, we're so obsessed with, like, I keep telling people this, like, we're so obsessed with like, the finer details of, like, how grapes are different, but it's, like, you've got, you've got experts <laughs> right, in right. weed who have been doing this for way longer and the reason why, like, your parents can't handle the weed that we take is because of all of this research yeah. that's been happening. Right. And it's also just, like, finding a way to articulate that, too, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, people, like, our parents might not smoke the weed we smoke. And, you know, we might not drink the wine they drink. But there's Bad weed and bad wine. You yeah. There's a miscommunication, <laughs> yeah. you know, like one thing hasn't been articulated to the other. So it's all about trying to like find that great kind of common area. So like whenever I approach a table, like I look at, you know, you don't judge people right away, but uh, you know, are you a sports guy? We can break it down to sports, Mm -hmm. you know, working at a a fancy restaurant that has a jacket coat. I can be, see, all right, you're a fashionable individual. And if they don't know anything about wine, I always like to break it down into like textures, right? Like, well, do you want something silky, velvety? Do you want something that's pressed and starched, like really clean and crisp? Yeah. And, you know, you find those ways to kind of maneuver through that that kind of realm. And you just need people to articulate it to you. Yeah. So that's why things like this are important. Yeah. You get to break down what volatile acidity is. You get to break down what Brett is. Most right. People, you know, and especially with the beer uh, game getting as much love as it does, people don't think Brett is a flaw at all sometimes. Absolutely right? not. You know? yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Same thing with volatile acidity. Like, I think it's a measurable, uh, you know, quantitative kind of style to a wine that some people might want to impart more, but some people didn't clean their tanks properly. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, where do you draw that line? Is, is that art? Is it, you know? So, I'm, what was that transition like from uh, weed to wine? Like, wh- what? First you- off, it sucked. Like the first, thing I, <laughs> the first thing I tried to do was get everybody to buy Giacomo Conterno. Like that, like I would approach every table like they had so much. Love wine. it. I mean, they'd be like, "What's your favorite wine?" I'd be like, "Well, Giacomo Conterno." <laughs> Coming out with the yeah, big guns. Yeah. Hot. Um, but yeah, but spoken like a true salesman at the beginning, yeah, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was just trying. I wanted Sell to do the numbers, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. I was all about, you know? And then around that time, you know, all these documentaries and stuff were coming out. So I was like, I don't want to be those guys. I don't want to walk around in a suit. I don't want to sell people ill stuff. But um, luckily, this wine list was very humbling. It, it, it had a lot of uh, orange wine. It was italian focus so what we, i love about what it, wine list? uh the, this was a spot called uh barano and oh in, yeah yeah i know barano and so they ended up uh having like a lot of these weird niche natural wines to start the beverage director ben coffin was great um we would have like scarrel and um we would have like a lot of Franco Turpin, and we would have a lot of. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 I wish I had a Turpin for this. Yeah, episode. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, no, that for sure. You know, those those kick VA. Oh like, those, yeah, those are you kidding? Are <laughs> That's an under, like, understatement. Yeah, yeah. Um, Andreas Scovero, You know what I mean? Yeah, those wines yeah, like sixteen point five percent Barbera. I'm like, yeah, wow, yeah, yeah like, um, but also like rip your face off. Yeah, <laughs> and in some respects, you kind of like. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'd be like, I love that. Sometimes I'd be like, this is a lot. And your palate kind of changes, but like 
those wines were, were really what put me on. Like, I would always think, you know, when you start studying, you kind of have this textbook and this mm-hmm. traditional setup, you know, white wine, fish, pork chop, this red wine, steak, this red wine. But like one of the most eye-opening moments was having like a, a Franco Turpin Ribola Gialla with a fatty pork chop. And I was like, this is, yeah, this yeah. is kind of that VA. You mean pork chops and applesauce? Yeah. You know, kind of like <laughs> right? took away all the fatty, the chewiness. And I was yeah. like, this and I was high. I was like, "This is yeah, like, this, yeah, no, but like there's something here, right?" I was like, "I see, I see what you guys are doing here. Yeah. You, know, you guys crushing grapes for a few thousand years. Something has worked out, you know. Yeah. I mean, like over time. And I think that's what you know draws me to wine more and more every day. It's like getting to sit in a room like this, getting to talk, getting to you know. I always wanted to do some dope shit with my life, and yes, yeah, is like hard work, but like. It's like one thirty on Thursday, and we're already cracking two bottles of wine. Like, right. Not bad. You I mean, know, we're right. We started with a champagne, to be fair. Classic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> true that, true that. You know? <laughs> Light work. You know? Light work for you know, Thursday. You know, am, et cetera. <laughs> yeah, mazel tov, you know? Yeah. It's interesting to hear you talk about the transition from being about, like, the money, right? When you're selling weed. The hustle. Especially on yeah. your... It's a hustle. You got to make money. Like, it is what it is. And I feel like... Th- Obviously, especially like, you know, when you're a beverage director, you have to care about the money for sure. But like, there's so much there's I wouldn't sell a bottle to certain bottles to some people mm-hmm. that I'm like, you're not going to like it. And mm-hmm. I love this wine. Yep. Like, even if I know you'd buy it yep, yep. and I know it's expensive, like. But you are now transitioning maybe to a more classic yeah. wine route. You're in Michelin star restaurants and, you know, doing with, with, with like with, with like grand libraries of wine. Yeah, like yeah. crazy you libraries. Know. Like how, how do you mitigate that now? Cause I'm sure, you know, at, or, or, at Barano, you're like, Oh, this is like well, a also, super cool orange wine. It's not expensive and it's great. But like now you're like, it's an orange wine, but it's like, fucking beanie and no, yeah. they don't have beanie See, yeah, like, yeah. But, but you know what i, I mean. like now i'm lucky if we get an orange wine in there like we yeah. have uh i think we have like the i think we have like a gouda gal right and it's like a cloudy <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i love i love that that's like the standard yeah. for national yeah. wine for yeah. a lot of folks it's like yeah, the so one I, with the face on it so yeah. at, at yeah, danielle yeah, it's so like funny. we got the tometheus uh gruner veltliner i believe and i mean i love that one but there's like you i think what you start to learn over time uh, with any job in sales is like clientele, right? Like know your audience, right? right? Like even just who you're speaking to, like there's certain things you can say and there's certain things you can't say. Some people want this white glove service. And yeah. some well, therein lies a difference between like uh, someone who's buying weed versus someone who's buying wine. Right? Yeah, right. And so like <laughs> there's, there's an end goal that's completely I get different. And right. I want to think about this thing for 30 yeah. or more minutes. Or maybe I don't want to think. Right. 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 As opposed right. to wine right. where you're like, the experience is the thinking. So knowing what we to sell people, knowing what wine to sell people, right? Like if somebody wants to just chill the fuck out, I might have sold them like some just like weird kush I bought from yeah. like my man out in Bay Ridge. But like if somebody wanted to, you know, go crazy and be like, yo, man, we're going out tonight. We want to smoke. I'll be like, yo, I got some sour diesel that I got uptown, you know? And these are kind of things. And that's like also back in the day, there was kind of this terroir, like uptown had the best weed style thing. You want to get your weed from uptown. Um, You know, now there's like burgundy and stuff like that. You're kind of like ranging into it. And of course now it's like Colorado, California, where you're getting shit from. 
Um, what in in the sphere of wine that you work in currently? Yes. When you handle the bottles, what makes your heart race the most? Oh man, you know, like in a good way or like either. Uh, I mean, either. Like, I, I take take that into in, into all accounts, right? I, I mean that in like. Are you handling it like an old fucking bottle that you've never tasted before? Yeah. Or is it the things that like you used to sell? Like what are those things that like really excite so, you or like really like aggravate you? <laughs> I, I try to sell one new bottle a day. Um, it's a good okay. challenge. That's good. I have been known to kind of uh, be a creature of habit. Uh, and also like once you're dealing with certain clientele that are very susceptible to sending wine back just because they don't like it, yada, yada. You want to have like certain wines that are just like go-tos, yeah. right? Um, and so like a go-to of mine, which like I'm on strict orders. Not like strict, but like... Was like, stop selling like, this shit? Like, <laughs> Simon Pease. Like, I would sell the shit out of Simon oh, Pease. Like, those wines fuck Simon good. Bees. Come on. Yeah. Who would about hard, so, hard. Honestly, like who wouldn't though? Uh, and we got like a back vintage. Like we got 04, 05, 07, 08, you know, uh, into like 15, 16, 17. Uh, okay, quit bragging. Through the past. <laughs> 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 but like now there, there's wines that I love selling that kind of bridge those gaps. Like one of my first wine dinners was like... Uh, for Ross Cobb, um, Cobb wines. And, you know, I love those wines. I think they just have like a, a great, like freshness, attention, um, and they come in at a great price point. So like two things that really get my heart going is coming in under budget for people now. Because wow. I always wanted to go over budget. It's like, we're making money. I'm not worried about this. Uh, under promise, over deliver. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. so like one great, uh, you know, client or guest we had the other day was like hey i want to spend a thousand dollars on a bottle i sold him a bottle for 675 and he was like that blew me away and then he bought a sauterne for 500 dollars afterwards and so i'm like well we overshot the budget but we got an extra bottle down and you know we were kind of able to showcase that that always makes me happy because i think um you know, as kind of more upper echelon you go in wine value kind of gets lost yeah right? like yeah people, it becomes it just becomes like a whose dick is bigger yeah right 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 like right, so right. You, you're talking about meditation wines low yeah. bottles to age it in yeah or <laughs> or, or you know buy, just buying something for the sake of buying something because it's expensive yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. it's art at the end of the day right like the it's commodification liquid, liquid yeah art. but the commodification of it is like that's the something that like we'll never be able to like really fully gauge because ta- taste is so different yeah and and i mean so you're talking about meditation wines. Mm-hmm. We were talking about food wines, and then and something else is like business wines, right? Yeah, like 100. Right, there's like right, a business right. meeting, and like these guys don't want to drink bullshit, and so each of them get a turn at the wine list, and that's where it's like, all right, now we kick it into this is what you want, like you want yeah. 82 Petrus. Why? Yeah, <laughs> because it's because that's what you want, and like yeah. you want to be the guy who says. I know this wine and yeah. it's a great wine. Is it worth, you know, seven, eight months of my rent? Probably not, but you've got a house. You're making, you know, $5 million as you sit at this table. Why not blow that money? Yeah. Um, it's someone else's Amex, right? Yeah. Right. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. it's Americans taxpayers money. You got some I want my it's money just, back. You know, um, well, I'm sure we can find like some sort of like deep dive uh, episode over like we actually find out that 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 champagne is actually funded by the American taxpayer. Yeah. I would be surprised. But, I like <laughs> what what Bordeaux, what Burgundy, what Ch- like I feel well, like, what what Cla- California. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like 
well, we get to enjoy some California right now. It's yeah, yeah, like yeah. This kind of like good value. You've got a, a gentleman that's kind of, you know, made his way through the ranks, if anybody wants to talk about that. Um, but then there's... I, it sounds like you're slamming me through yeah, this one. So I, why don't you talk about it? So we're drinking right. Matt Taylor, uh, 2017, uh, the single vineyard Chardonnay from uh, West Sonoma Coast, uh, the Comorabi. Yeah. Um, Chardonnay. Uh, so look, just to round it back to VA. Yeah. Right. Um, I think this is one of those wines that, to me, this is like throwing way more tropical than what I remember um, with this wine. Absolutely. That's um, driving it. But that it's the same kind of like that VA is driving it to that like tropical version that is so appealing for something like this. It's cold climate wine ostensibly. And also, like knowing knowing how Matt works, it's... I mean, kind of hand in hand, right? A little bit of like that, like uh, a little bit of oxidation goes a long way in terms of his practice. And right. like that, this lift isn't even a lift anymore. It's like, here's the direction where this wine is going and it needs to go. Yeah. It's 2017. Um, so uh, not, not, not a glamorous year. I'll say that, <laughs> but it was the start of wildfires in Glacelle. And like, um, you can kind of start to see heat here. I think that's why we're all leaning on that like tropical kind of bent here. But yeah, like, yeah. the plushness of this lies on the fact that like that mallow has turned into something like so, so pleasurable. It's that like cottage cheese with tropical fruit kind of sense. There's like that. It's not yogurt anymore, right? It's something right. That's, that's, it's a little bit heavier, but the lift that it needs because of the opulence is like, you need it to, to pull it out in a direction that's like way more like, almost austere on the end here right there's a right, really right. beautiful like yeah. i don't know that that like tic-tac finish that you're just oh yeah. it's exciting there's like a there's like a key lime kind of element to this wine and there's yeah, like yeah that's great like a, a nice like it, it's rock juice at the end and of the a day key sometimes. lime like floral yeah. aspect to it as well yeah but like it's the junior's key lime pine yeah yeah, 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 yeah there is that mean, like cheesecakey yeah they're they're the the dairy notes that, that I think we're all getting here is like so it's all on the side of richness right like right. there's that like cream corn quality now that's like really beautiful in terms yeah. of chardonnay that's like really it, it's if it's done well and like executed with this kind of balance you're yeah. like how do I how do I replicate that and I mean like coming f- like when you're talking about intentional and not intentional you know VA as a you know something that's just happening or something you you were like, I want this. I know what it's going to bring. I mean, I worked with Matt in 2020 and he, on one hand, he's like, I'm not adding anything. I'm not like, does he filter? He doesn't. He racks. Um, but like he checks the wine. He tastes the wine like three times a day, every day. Um, and at least until it's like post all of the firm, um, this wine, the white wine, basically it, it might start the firm in, um, in stainless steel tanks and then finish in a concrete egg. Um, and then it's there for 10 months. Um, and till he bottles it and gives it a little bottle age. But like, if there's something, there was times in, you're like, oh shit, Matt, what's going on with this wine? <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 this is what we got to do. Like, blah, blah, blah. It's like foresight, you know? I yeah. think this feels way more like as a stamp of like um, Matt's intent. Like there's a, there's definitely a fingerprint of the wine that like is way more like Matt Taylor than it is Sonoma Coast. Yeah. Which is a, a really good thing for this wine. Um, right. I mean, like people legit, he makes this wine uh, in a custom press now. Um, in a, and he, People legit are like, your whole pressing Chardonnay in Sonoma, like, 
is it even like, gonna who buy are this? you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? And it takes, yeah, a lot to be like, yeah, I'm whole pressing it and this is what's happening and I'm not adding anything, anything. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, the, the filtration question was because of that, like, you know, that that's one of the easiest remediations for volatile acidity, clearly. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think that, that there's, there's so much more of an addition of character here and, and also the idea that like he's imbuing a lot more personality in the ways that he's intentionalizing these kinds of like quote unquote flaws. Yeah. Right. Like the, there's there's so much more of that, like, here's a recipe that I think is going to work, um, especially as someone who's a proponent of Sonoma Coast as its own AVA. Right. Um, like, I think uh, or I guess West Sonoma Coast. I think that there, there's there's something that's like really, really admirable about really pushing that as as how it's different from literally everything else that's being produced around them. Um, so, you know, and, and, and again, like back to the idea of like quote unquote terroir um i think hand in hand this is one of those things that's like very clearly demonstrating that like it's not just place it's place time and person yeah that need to be directing these things in one direction right right, right. there are so many places that this can go wrong um you know even the use of ambient yeast for fermentation it's like I talk about tension get, like this wine is all about it right and like then you have so much more VA than you intend or more bread or like, you know, when, when you're studying VA, you're like, Oh, it's like a chicken or egg thing. Like yeah. Yeah. the bread comes as a result sometimes of the VA, but then like it produces VA sometimes. Yeah. And like the sugar can like stop. I mean, I'll, it's like, it's, it's really, I'll read you the short list of things that they don't recommend. They say these are the things that like heighten acetic acid bacteria. And I think it's really, really funny because like you would think hearing at hearing it like as sommeliers, I think that this is one of those things where we're like, but those are selling points. Yeah. Um, So they say um, several winemaking practices can increase the risk of acetic acid bacteria contamination and proliferation, such as cold soaking, native fermentations, barrel aging, prolonged headspace exposure in either tank or barrel. And then post bottling, um, uh, when they're not treated either with SO or sterile filtration. It's like, okay, well, you just... All buzzwords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, not just that, but like, there's seven wine bars in the city that like, don't want any of those. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's you know. the ones you can think of off the top of your head. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, let's, let's, let's really like investigate the, the idea. Like, why, why, there's, there's, there's an appeal question, right? Like, that I think um, we're we're skirting around is it like obviously like we work in places where we can kind of make these decisions for a few folks but for you know regular uh, chad and karen who are going to trader joe's it's like they don't they don't want to answer these they don't want yeah. to ask these questions rather um because like i think like the very like 100 percent 100 point version of the wines that they know like don't do this yeah um and there's a there's a, like a marketing aspect that we have to consider here the idea that like artisanal wines are like handmade wines are like we're we're operating really in a scale that's like twenty percent of like whatever everyone else is looking at. Right. Um but at the end of the day too, it's like, well, with the fact that I know who Matt is. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I know his face, yeah. I know his smile. Like exactly. I know, like there's shout out Matt and Kayla. Hi. <laughs> um but you know, like there's that's the difference, I think, in and why we're so willing to pay X more dollars for wine like this, because it's like, well, I know that person's thriving because of the wines that I'm helping right. him like proliferate in the yeah, world. Yeah, I mean, this wine isn't cheap. <laughs> no. Oh no, absolutely not. And like, but but 
to 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 go back to that question of like, is this business wine? It's like, I, I wouldn't normally say so. Like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call this business wine. I I would think this is like for me generally. Like if I'm at home drinking, I've gradually upped what I'm willing to pay. Um, you know, it started off like twenty bucks, thirty bucks. Yeah, but like, welcome, yeah, welcome this, to smelly ship, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're like, god damn, I kind of want that now. Um, and this is definitely a wine that you know I've treated myself to a couple times. Um, wow, it's like really throwing something yeah. super like yeah. deliciously tropical now. And you know, these wines, what what makes you know, as we're talking about volatile acidity, um, and you were talking about visiting Matt. And seeing his process and his fermentation yeah. process and stuff, and you talking about like barrel aging, it, it, there's also there's there's plenty of ways to like go around it, right? Like you said, he uses yeah. uh, cement egg, right? Yeah. There's less oxygen. But um, as, as much of the as much as these things are buzzwords, they're also like things that could also be prophylactic for other yeah. worse things, right? 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 right like right. we, uh, I mean, we can we can always go back to mouse when we talk about the natural wine question. Um, and in terms of its subjectivity, um, but all of those things that we just talked about that like might prevent acetobacter from happening are actually, they might actually help yeah. in terms of preventing mouse. And like, Absolutely. what's, what's a worse flaw? Yeah. pH I, being the main one. Of yeah. Those, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that's a good place to wrap this, a half of the episode up on. I, um, we got a lot of good content and <laughs> I feel like I don't, I feel bad editing any of it out. Um, we're I'm, not. We're not. We're basically not going to. Yeah, we're no, just having to no, split this up into it. two parts because you know holiday specials, etc. Uh, unfiltered. So, yeah, <laughs> unfiltered, unfined. Yeah. No sterile filtration here. Yeah, yeah. Things, I'm gonna rack yeah. a little something, something off. But. <laughs> <laughs> so, see you for part two of this episode. Uh, follow us close um, at the Flawless Podcast on Instagram, uh, and we'll see you soon. See you soon. Ciao. Ciao.